0: J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com.
1: I grew up in the Middle East, so there are some cultural songs, local Persian songs that very immediately bring sense of, like, family and home and grandparents, just kind of that environment.
2: That's Asal Habibi, a classically trained pianist. She still remembers taking her first music lesson back in Iran when she was just five years old.
1: A neighbor had a piano, and I was just Fascinated by this box that made sound. And it just really kind of consumed me in a way of like I found myself very connected to my emotional space, just playing piano.
2: Sitting behind the piano keys, Assal could immerse herself in Mozart concertos and Chopin nocturnes. Growing up in the 1980s in Tehran during the Iran Iraq War, daily life outside the practice room was unpredictable.
1: Your environment is very chaotic when you live in that environment. There is just very much of unpredictability. There were many days that school was closed and things didn't happen as usual.
2: During this time, music brought her a sense of comfort and continuity.
1: I think my piano provided that stability, that every time I went there and practiced like things were the same and it provided sort of a safe space in a way that helped me regulate my emotions and find ways to respond to the stressors of the environment.
2: Here's the thing. Asal Habibi isn't only a pianist. She's also a psychologist and a neuroscientist. She studies the impact of music on the brain. Part of
1: the reason that music is so potent emotionally is that it engages these regions of the brain in a way that nothing else does.
2: For many of us, music is a constant soundtrack to our lives. Personally, I listen to music when I go for my morning jog, in the car with my daughters, even when I'm in the operating room. And when I get home from a hard day at work, I like to pull out my guitar and play a little bit to just help unwind. Music can also trigger specific memories. Some songs remind us of sad breakups. Others remind us of high school prom. But it makes me wonder, why do we have such emotional relationships with music? How does it shape our brains? And how can we harness that power to live happier and healthier lives? I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent. Strike up the band. It's time to start chasing life. Music and the brain. I think maybe you and I are somewhat somewhat uniquely qualified to to talk about this. You far <laughs> more than me, but a couple of brain nerds talking about music. I love both. I love the brain and I love music. I love instruments. I was fortunate enough when I was growing up to have almost ten years of accordion lessons. Oh wow! You know it's interesting because my parents are both. Um, they're Indian. They're both immigrants from India and. Bollywood music was made up of a lot of accordion playing. So
1: interesting. Oh, that explains it. Yeah.
2: You know, somebody said I think if you are, are looking at a scan of someone's brain when they're listening to music or even imagining performing music, all these different areas of the brain light up, and it doesn't seem like there's many things that we interact with or, or that are, are stimuli in our in our world and our environment that are quite like music in in terms of what it does to the brain.
1: Yeah, music is unique in a way. So it has the audio, the sound component of it. It has a very strong emotional potency. People tend to associate emotional states with music, happiness, sadness. I mean you tend to remember, like you can listen to a song and it takes you back 20, 30 years very, very fast. So it seems that the way it encodes in our brain, it does involve emotional areas that uh, make a memory more resistant to time. And then the rhythm and the beat and kind of involvement of motor areas and cerebellum, like it's just really engages many systems of the brain. And in that way, it's very unique.
2: In her research at the University of Southern California, Asal has found that music activates many parts of the brain, from the amygdala to the hippocampus to the brainstem. All of these regions are part of the auditory system, and they work in unison. It's kind of like an orchestra in our own brains.
1: There's something special about playing music and singing there's that sensory motor integration. The brain has to coordinate the input of sound to a motor output, and then you have to adjust that motor output time and time again based on the sound you're hearing. And that coupling is very unique to music performance and learning how to play a musical instrument.
2: Even if we're not playing music, listening to music can also help regulate our feelings.
1: You can listen to music to be happy or to exercise, to pump up energy, to to get more peaceful People go through breakups and music listening becomes like more and more stronger in their daily life for a few days because it just allows you to be in an emotional state and and use that as a way of processing your emotion.
2: I have my playlist for for exercise as well, which is a big deal. And it's a fungible, organic thing. I do change it up from time to time. (laughs) But I have some go-to songs. And interestingly, again, some of them are older. Lose Yourself by Eminem, for example, is a real go-to for me. Me too. That's oh, my, my, that. my first song
1: for my run list. We're having this
2: emotional <laughs> musical connection here. We're brain nerds. We play instruments and we both yeah. love Eminem. Who would have thought? But what, what is the science behind how music is going to be motivating and get us excited?
1: I look at my own playlist and it just tend to go back to the music that I listened to during those forming teenage years. And then I think the energetic motivation is kind of like pumping up our nervous system to this beat. You listen to music and you immediately start tap your foot or you're kind of bobbing your head. Anybody does that. So that gives us the idea of how we can use music to motivate ourselves.
2: You know, I want to um, play some clips for you and just get your your reaction to some of these clips. I'm, I'm curious what emotions for you comes to mind when you hear these if there's particular features of the music that you listen for, I'm wondering if you can just help educate us. So let's go ahead and play clip number one. This is Beethoven's Fifth Symphony.
1: I think what is very unique about these pieces, there is this building of tension. It's just building up and building up and there is a sense of like anxiety, but then if you listen to the rest of it, there is this resolution of that tension, a sense of relief kind of like "Ah." that's actually one of the the ways that uh, it's been kind of worked on that music has the potential to elicit emotional response is this known engagement of the reward system of the brain when there is this tension and resolution of tension in music so if you look at people's brain while listening to this and then the resolution comes the activation of the reward system similar to like getting a reward like
2: monetary reward. Let me play you one more, another famous one from Beethoven, Ode to Joy from the Ninth Symphony.
1: This is actually funny anecdotally, because this is one of the first things I learned to kind of like sing along. And at the time I had no idea. I mean, I was like five something. I didn't know who Beethoven was, but it just brings me to that sway. So that little class with like little kids and we were all like standing there and like singing this. It's it's such a powerful piece. I mean, it has such a prominent role in the world in terms of like people's connection and our shared humanity.
2: Is there something about the cadence, tempo, something about the music that makes it joyous? Is there, is there an ingredient of musical joy?
1: Yeah. So in Western tonal system, often it's said that major chords are associated with more kind of like happy and joyful music and minor chords are more used to create more sad or less energetic music. We synchronize really well. Our kind of nervous system synchronizes with the beat. So that energetic faster tempo is related to more joyful music and exciting music and slower tempos tend to bring us kind of calmer and keep the nervous system calmer. So, I think there's definitely composers that use these elements to create different types of music and and our nervous system responds to in that way.
2: I've always wondered about the emotional time period in which you you were exposed to certain music and how much that sticks with you or does it stick with you more because somehow the memories uh, are are stronger or they're so associated with something emotional that you're you're less likely to forget them. I have this <laughs> kind of crazy story, actually. I was covering the conflict in Israel, in Lebanon, and this was back in 2006. And there were these missiles, these rockets that were being launched. And we found ourselves one day, a couple of people that I was working with and myself in this bomb shelter. You can actually see that this is a shelter down here. This is to try and protect people. The most remarkable thing is that it was really early morning, so it was still dark outside, and it was just the three of us, and we were very nervous, and we didn't have anything to really say. It was just quiet. And then, off in the distance, I heard somebody with what sounded like a loud, loud boombox playing She Drives Me Crazy by the Fine Young Cannibals. <laughs> And for whatever reason, still to this day, if I hear the Fine Young Cannibals, if I hear that song in particular, I get this pit in my stomach. It was just so wild that 16 years ago, that memory still really sticks with me.
1: Yeah, I think the emotional encoding of music in these circumstances are just so strong. And I mean, if you look at brain scans while well, people are listening to music and it's emotionally meaningful to them, all the limbic structures of the brain, amygdala, they're all involved in encoding music that is emotional. And I think that's one of the reasons that therapeutic aspects of music, especially when looking at diseases of aging, like dementia and Alzheimer's, is a way of like, bringing memories back that are associated with songs a lot more easier than memories that are associated just with, like, language and communication.
2: I got to tell you, my parents, both Indian immigrants to this country, they were engineers their whole life so that you get an idea of their sensibility you know very serious minded scientific people they retired um and when they retired they started a karaoke group
1: oh, that's very and sweet
2: <laughs> it's it's amazing professor and i think you know there's so many uh, so many of the themes that you've talked about today really converge here because they're in their late 70s now my mom's going to be 80 soon uh, This is like one of the things they can do. They memorize the entire songs. Many of them are songs from their own childhood. Yeah. Um, They can sing. It brings them together with other people in a cultural shared identity, which is really powerful and, frankly, very sweet to to witness when you when you when we're lucky enough to see them do this.
1: That's great, and it probably provides a lot of protection in terms of diseases of aging, whether it's neurological diseases, but also mental health diseases. I mean, older adults tend to get problems with depression and anxiety. And I think music really does provide that access and and platform to protect against these things.
2: Yeah, and besides all the amazing things that are happening in their brain, they they really prepare for this. It's usually associated with a potluck dinner, so everyone's cooking a dish and bringing it to the you know, whoever's know. Oh, I house want to be hosting. invited
1: to this. This I know, sounds so I know, much fun. So good, <laughs> Maybe we right? should do a research study.
2: <laughs> oh, you should, you should. I mean, I, I think it's probably, it's frankly one of the most joyous things in their life, you know, so this has been, it's been a real sort of savings grace, I think, in terms of their lives right now.
1: I always kind of come back to this, that, it's very possible to learn an instrument or learn how to sing as an adult. We have been creating these choirs for older adults. It's funny because a lot of times they come to the choir and they're like, well, I didn't know I have to sing in front of people. I'm never going to do this. It's impossible. Are you crazy? And, <laughs> and then as they get into 16 weeks of choir training and as the anxiety goes away, as they get in touch, I mean, everybody can sing. And what we see is quality of life scores and and satisfaction with life and resilience. All of those things increase from before to after. And it's beautiful. And often they continue singing, like they go and participate in a church choir or any other community choir.
2: I got to be honest, I was pretty worried when my parents retired. You know, they weren't super social people, and I didn't know how they would actually stay connected and engaged without the daily job. Singing really changed their lives and for the better. And it's great to hear that it's also bringing all those cognitive and mental health benefits as well that us all mentioned. Coming up after the break, we're gonna visit a school music program that is now at the forefront of research into music and the brain. Yeah, I really like playing the violin and the classes are like really fun and my teachers just make it better. They're really encouraging. Plus, we're gonna learn some tricks to bring more music into our everyday lives. One,
0: two, three, four.
2: And now back to Chasing Life. We're at Camino Nuevo Charter Academy in Los Angeles. It's four o'clock in the afternoon, which means rehearsal time for middle school students in the youth orchestra.
3: Right now, we're working on some pretty interesting repertoire with our older students that they're really, really loving. The piece is called Adoration by Florence Price.
2: That's Grecia serrano Navarro, the program director.
3: So they're working on playing long and beautiful and with dynamics, and they're learning how to play with each other and, you know, layer on top of each other so that they can create an effect. So I think now that they're able to play at that level, they're really making some beautiful music.
2: The music class is part of a program called Youth Orchestra Los Angeles, or YOLA for short. This program was created in 2007 and now provides free music education for over 1,500 kids in underserved communities around Los Angeles. That's something that Grecia is really passionate about, especially as a classically trained musician herself. I'm really invested in it
3: because... My family had to struggle to pay for the lessons and to pay for the ensembles, and they really had to budget and apply for scholarships and financial aid. So YOLA doesn't ask students to do that. They provide everything. They provide the instruments, the repairs, the camps. They provide for everything.
2: But YOLA isn't just a music program. There is science going on here as well. In fact, some of the students at the YOLA program are participating in a research project with Professor Asal Habibi, who we heard from earlier. She is studying Yola to understand how learning music affects kids' cognitive, emotional, and social development.
1: I knew what music did for me as a child, and I wanted to know if you provide music, high-quality music education to every child, what does it do for them? We don't expect all of these children to become stars or classical performers, but does it give them a toolbox to use to respond to the stressors, to have more cognitive development in the areas that are
2: needed? Asal has been tracking the students for a long time now.
1: So we, about eight years ago, started a partnership and recruited a group of students in their program to follow them systematically over the years, looking at how systematically learning music changes their behavior, changes their brain, changes their relationship with their family members and community.
2: Asal's research has shown that children's brains do change when they learn music including increased development in the auditory regions of the brain.
1: And these auditory areas of the brain, temporal regions, superior temporal gyrus specifically, not only is involved in music processing, but kind of language development and speech perception. So they tend to do better in tasks of language.
2: Music can also help different parts of the brain communicate with each other better by strengthening the neural pathways that connect the two sides of our brain, something called the corpus callosum.
1: Interestingly, the corpus callosum has more robust connectivity after two years of music training, specifically in both sensory and motor regions, but also in the frontal parts of the brain.
2: And increased connections are then linked to better creativity, imagination, and integration of information. Now, surprisingly, a SAL study found something else, that musical training improved a child's ability to delay gratification.
1: Children who have had music training are better at controlling their impulses after three years of music training, like being able to wait for a better reward in the future, as opposed to wanting an immediate reward right away. Cool. Ready?
3: <laughs>
0: All bodies.
2: Now back at the school. Program director Gracia has seen these benefits firsthand.
3: I think that's really evident in how they have to practice. Like, nothing is immediate when you're working on music. You don't get to sound beautiful right off the bat, and that's probably the biggest frustration for most students. So they have to learn to be patient. They have to learn to put in the hours of practicing, and they have to learn to also enjoy all of the songs that come before that one goal.
2: Even if they're not conscious of the cognitive benefits, many kids in the program just enjoy a safe space for them to learn and to have some fun with their peers.
1: Uh, then, hi. Hey.
2: Uh, my name is Wilbur and I play the violin. I like
3: how it like, calms me down and I like how I sound sometimes. My name is Casey. I like performing because it helps me relax and meet new people. Like if I'm stressed out or angry and like during the day, And just playing viola just helps me relax and let everything out. My name is Dianora. It's always been, like, a thing where I could just let go of all the things in my life and just focus on that.
1: All right, let's do it again. You guys ready? Ready. And. Play. And.
2: Those are some cute kids. I love hearing them have such a great time in rehearsal. The truth is... We can all enjoy the benefits of music at any age. So how can we use music to live healthier and happier lives? First of all, Grecia says it's never too late to start.
3: I hear so many people say, like, I started the violin. I wish I'd stuck to it. And I'm always like, well, you can start it up again. Like, it's not really that hard to just, like, be a musician later in life, especially with YouTube. All of these, like, new platforms and technologies have really made it so much more accessible. So I would just take advantage of that.
2: Tip two is from Professor Asal Habibi. De-stress with music.
1: Use music in an intentional way to help you regulate your emotions. If you have 15 minutes lunch break from your work, listening to a calming piece of music is probably going to help your brain to bring it back to that homeostatic state so you can go on with the rest of the day.
2: Tip three, this is a good one. Don't be embarrassed. Just enjoy yourself.
1: I mean, if you can sing in the shower and come out and continue singing to your favorite song, do it. I mean, there is no need to be inhibited that you're a good singer and you're a bad singer or who hears you. It brings you joy and connects your motor system to your auditory system and its output and your executive network and your emotion network get involved. And that's all there is that is good to it.
2: And our last tip is for parents out there. Don't put too much pressure on your child your child does not need to become Mozart. Don't
1: keep the standards so high that it's not reachable. Music is supposed to be fun, and I think that's the most important part of it. So if your child is enjoying singing with their classmates and or just your neighbors, have a group neighborhood to sing together and drum together.
2: I gotta say, I really did learn a lot from today's episode. It's amazing how much music can affect our brains and how we measure that in ways that we couldn't before. There are all these health benefits that all shared, but it's also just plain good fun. And another thing I learned is that listening to music is wonderful, but playing music is even better. So as much as you can, start making music. Let's start doing this together. It can be as simple as singing. Your voice is an instrument. Maybe it means drumming on a kitchen pot. I'd love to know how you're bringing more music into your life. You can record your thoughts or your music as a voice memo, email it to asksanjay at cnn.com, or give us a call at 470-396-0832 and leave a message. We might even include them on an upcoming episode of the podcast. We'll be back next Tuesday with an episode about how our brains learn language, the benefits that can have on memory, and how language might even shape the way we see the world. Thanks for listening. Chasing Life is a production of CNN Audio. Megan Marcus is executive producer. Zoe Saunders is the senior producer. Our podcast is produced by Jordan Gaspure, Emily Liu, Xavier Lopez, Isuke Samuel, and Grace Walker. Our production assistant is Allison Park. Our intern is Eduardo Ocampo. Our medical writer, Andrea Kane. Tommy Bazarian is our engineer. And a special thanks to Ben Tinker and Amanda Seeley of CNN Health, as well as Ashley Lusk, Rafina Ahmad, and Courtney Coop from CNN Audio.